yeah, and you're worried that oh, your partner's gonna show up, and you're like, what are you watching? What are you watching? Do I know you? Yeah. We had sex. What? Oh, uh, it, it, that was very special. Oh, hey, uh, it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide podcast with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Ray. Or how are you today, Steve-o? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. And how about you from not across the country, but across the world? I know. You noticed that I left that out of my intro. I didn't say across the country this time. I said nothing because I thought it, I, didn't want, I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> but I am, in fact, across the world from you right now. I'm currently recording in Amsterdam. In uh, west, the west part of Amsterdam, which is all, all the streets are named after poets. It's kind of cute. Say something for me in Amsterdamian. Um, Dankewel. That's Dutch. It means uh, thank you very much. Or Ojebrief, um, which is like please. Uh, or Morgen, which means morning. Morning. Which morning. is where it is, which is actually, it's Morgen, where you are. And where I am, it is late. Uh, it's it's sort of mid afternoon. It's like three o'clock. Huh? Time. Mm-hmm. I'm we're, I'm in the future. And so you know we're kind of communicating with each other despite being in different places. <laughs> yeah, instantly through space and time, as if we're in the same place, which is similar to the show we're going to talk about today, which is the Wachowskis Sense Eight. That's right. That's right. Smoothest intro ever. Let's be honest. We're probably also going to talk a little bit about The Matrix, Sizz, uh, and other Wachowski films. But we're focused mostly on Sense8, I think, is, is our goal. Is that right? Am I right there? Well, I didn't binge watch Sense8 yesterday for no reason, so. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll probably touch on The Matrix movies. I think, I, I think it'd be impossible to talk about The Wachowskis without referencing The Matrix. Yeah, yeah, I think it it fits into the the broader schema of what they're doing. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, Stephen Orr, you binge watched it just just recently. I did, and I watched it when it first came out, and then I rewatched some of it before I left for this trip. So it is fresh in my mind. Okay, and uh, so I'm ready to talk about it. Is there anywhere you wanted to start in particular? Um. This is one of those ones where if we didn't start at the beginning, I would get very confused. But the good news is that also starts us with uh, getting into the characters and their nuances. So starting at the beginning probably works. Sure. Um, and how about, well, do you want to start with our just overall yeah, impressions? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm interested to think hear what you thought of it because I watched it a while ago and I think I had to convince you to watch it. You did. And... I think uh, everyone out there, if you haven't watched Sense8, you should probably watch it before you listen to this episode. But you have to keep going because, like, the first four episodes are really difficult to watch. And that is my overall impression. <laughs> my first impression is it's really hard to get through those first four. But once you do, it slowly starts picking up and picking up. And then you get some uh, really great, amazing scenes that would not be able to exist if you didn't tough it out through those first four episodes. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Particularly the first episode is terrible. It, there, I mean, nothing 
particularly happens in the episode, but also none of the characters have any real emotion behind them. Yeah. Uh, they're, They're all just figures around whom this magical power of being able to uh, live in each other's bodies um, kind of happens for some yeah. reason, and uh, and and that first episode was a slog and did not convince me that the show was worthwhile. Mm, and and I think you're right; it does get uh, a little bit better as you start to watch, uh, and then by the time I think I got to. Probably the fourth episode for me, I was I was invested in the show enough that uh, I was willing to do a podcast about it, which was good because I don't know what we would have done today otherwise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I, in some ways, the the show is bogged down by the events of the first episode for the entire duration of the series. What what events of the first episode? Well, particularly it's. It's the 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 motivating factor of the entire plot, um, the their birth and the death of their mother. Yes. In which you did put birth and mother in quotes there, right? Yeah. 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 Birth and mother. Mm-hmm. Because I'm confused because there's some sort of implication that the sensates are um, they're they're not Homo sapiens. They're the next stage of human evolution. Yeah. But they're also born in a particular moment that mm-hmm. is after they were they were born in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I don't want to use the word real. Uh, before they were born in the Homo sapien world. Yeah. And, and that's distinct, except all of them were actually born at the very same second. Yeah. So I... I I I'm I I got confused in some of the language stuff, and I just assumed that um, there was some, it, it was a metaphorical second birth, and which <laughs> like it just sounds weird to and say. A, they were also all born on August eighth, just to hammer home the eight eight sense yeah. eight mm-hmm. sensed. I think is what they refer to them as. Yeah. So um, I, I yeah I see I see exactly what you're talking about. Is that it? It's uh, and it is to me the Wachowskis from like the Matrix Reloaded and uh, not the Wachowskis from the original Matrix. <laughs> okay, what do you explain? <laughs> Where in the original Matrix there was like a lot of unanswered questions that we didn't even need to answer because we were just following a really cool story, mm-hmm. you know. And then there was some great. Like the Oracle and Morpheus takes him to see the Oracle and stuff. And like, so there is like this, this like <clears throat> heavy handed, like in your face, you're the chosen one kind of thing, uh, which the Wachowskis still do in Sense8. But in The Matrix, they didn't answer a lot of the, they, they didn't bother trying to really tell you how it works. But then in like The Matrix Reloaded when they, and, and Revelation, is that what it was? Revolution? Uh, uh, the Matrix Revolutions, Revol- Revolutions, yeah. Where they started to try and explain how everything worked, and you meet the architect who explains it all and everything, and it gets really like, oh god, this is just too. This doesn't make any sense anymore. There must have been an easier way, uh, you know. And so Sense Eight kind of had that feeling to me too. Like it just started to get to the point where you're like, 
So they're not humans, but they are humans, but they've always been there, but they breed with humans. This is weird. <laughs> well, and the the good news is they don't spend much of the show invested in that question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes up and it comes up actually particularly late in the series, which is which is also nice so that we don't spend the whole season with this weird debate. Um, but I, I, I think they did it because they wanted to establish a motivation for the big, bad uh, corporation. They're like, oh, yeah, they just want to get rid of the things that are a threat to humanity. Whatever. We'll make this thing a the, these these sensates a threat to humanity because they're more than human which is really just the same as uh, Heroes, which is just the same as X-Men. So Yeah. Well, actually, I don't even think I, – I don't, I, I don't think that's what they're doing. Okay. Because Whispers, the bad guy who's hunting them, he is a sensate as well. Right? He is. And yes. he is – he was like getting uh, – what's her name? The mother and, and uh, the mystical Indian man. The mother and the father. Uh, he was getting them to, uh, to to give birth to new sensates, and then hunting them, and performing crazy surgeries on their brain, and I think taking out whatever is giving them their power. Does that make sense? <laughs> That's what I think they're doing. I don't know. They never really explain why he's hunting them. He's just hunting them, and I think and like because of the fact that like uh, so it's more like like Siler from Heroes. Who's like hunting the other superheroes and he's learning how to take their powers. Yeah. So, so for me, that was, that was one of those things that, that bothered me in that the villain, his, his motivation for acting is so very unclear. He's just evil. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to someone like an agent Smith uh, or, I mean, particularly agent Smith, he's a, he's a great example Uh, or Mm -hmm. Siler um, who, who acts in a particular way because of any number of motivations in his in his background? Well, yeah, with, with Agent Smith, he had no motivation, but they gave him motivation because he hated humans. He right. just didn't want to be in the Matrix anymore. Yeah. Whereas with Whispers, it's like he could have had motivation, but it seems like they just sort of stripped it away and <laughs> just like decided not to give it to him. And instead, he's just bad guy hunting these people and trying to kill them for no good reason. Yeah, and I assume that in the second season they will draw that out some more you know give us more details about him about the other sensates you know that sort of stuff but yeah but 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 what we're talking about really right now is how the setup for the whole show is pretty thin super thin like it doesn't quite when you start thinking about how it works work but if you overlook that and just kind of enjoy the show the first four episodes are still really hard to watch But then you get those moments that just make the whole show worthwhile. Like um, uh, the moment where Nomi is escaping from the girlfriend's mother's house. Right. And has to like climb over the railing. And then the cop is there in her head. And he's like, he's going to call for backup. He's going to reach for his gun. And then the Korean girl takes over and starts kicking the crap out of them. And then he's like, get on the bike. And she gets on the bike. And the cop and the Korean girl are helping her escape. And then and then the, uh, what's his name, Kefias from Kefias, Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, Van Damme shows up because he knows how to drive and helps her drive away and she escapes. Like that scene was, I think, I think that's the first scene where your brain gets kind of like, oh, my goodness. I see what they can do after they've done this setup. 
Yeah, yeah. That it might be the first one. I think he he might save Riley from the drug dealer first. Yeah, but it's it's not as cool as that scene. Um, but it's not. It's the first. I think that might be the first one where you see all three of them, or like three or four of them, kind of working together. Yeah, and using their given abilities to get out of trouble. And and that's the big frustration that I have with the first few episodes because you know that they're building, and yeah. you know that that's something that they want to do, but they don't ever do that. Instead, we get uh, basically a three-episode-long pilot where where everything is still kind of rough, and they have to introduce us to to the story and the characters and the world they're living in, and they don't do much in the way of cool superpower stuff. Yeah, in the in the beginning of the show, but they do set up, and I think the the reason, like, this is the thing with the show is that. They had to do all of that in order to show us the superpower stuff. Because if the cop isn't currently getting in trouble with his commissioner and the Korean chick isn't currently in jail, pissed off, and uh, and uh, Van Damme, we don't know that he's like this bus driver who's like been like uh, trying so hard to, to get customers and stuff. If we don't know all their kind of backstory in that moment... It do, it takes away from the drama of it a little, you know. Absolutely, that's the thing. They they needed to build the characters up enough because of how much time we're going to spend switching between them and that sort of stuff, and and following these stories that we we did really need an in depth exploration of who they are. Yeah, and so that's why it's like the show is it's like. <laughs> It's like the first half is terrible, but the second half is great. Well, and I, I, I hesitate to use the word great, but I, I'm going to use it because I can't think of another word. Because I really do I, – I did I remember when I was first watching through it how once it got going in the end there, those last four episodes or so, I was like I – was, I was in. It has a lot of fun parts and uh... – and and my my big thing is that I I don't think it it ever rises to great. I think that it it sits there at pretty good for for the like the pretty good is really the height for me in the show, except for some of the really cool um, body switching scenes during any number of events that both look beautiful but also kind of have this funky. Um, you know, someone else is going to help me through this situation feel. And I love that stuff. Yeah. Like the, like the, I think particularly you're talking there about Wolfgang and Lido. Lido. Which the one's Lido? Mexican, the Mexican actor. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The Spanish actor. Yep. Spanish? I thought he was in Mexico. Was he? Yeah, you're right. Cause Mexico city is where he's on his first date. Yep. Yeah. Um, but they do this, uh, like that that sort of where they help each other where he's like acting as a li- lying is what I do and then the other's like fighting is what I do you know it's this nice little Leto helps him lie to the guys and then he helps him fight the bad guy yeah which which looked really cool but also was super stupid <laughs> you thought it was stupid <laughs> well like so so what happens is um wolfgang is you know he had this intricate plan how he was going to get away from the bad guys and 
You know, he just, he was two feet shy of the gun that he needed to make it happen. I know, and all he had to do was tell a lie, but he couldn't. He couldn't. And, oh, and, that was cool. <laughs> and why? Because lying's not what I do. And it's just like, yeah, uh, I know. And, it's just true. It's true. Because he does lie. <laughs> yeah, all the time. And and yeah. so it, like, I, I get what they were doing. They, they it, he needed. And they did the, they did the, he, I can't, he reminds me of my father. You know, so like because he reminded him of his of his father, he couldn't lie to him. So they did a little, little bit of that to justify why he couldn't lie to him. But you're right; it was a little silly. But later, when he comes in and fights for Lido, and and he's like, "Fighting is what I do." You're like, "You believe that? Come on!" Totally, that I believe one hundred percent. And how I- excited how excited Lido gets when Wolfgang blows him up with a rocket launcher. <laughs> You know, and then he's like, oh, yeah, he's like jumping and like grabbing his balls and stuff. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like the most of the characters I didn't like at the beginning. Uh, mm. Leto, I thought, was a stupid cliche character. Uh, Wolfgang, I didn't think there was any depth to. Nomi, I got so frustrated with. Uh, they kept calling her a hacktivist. Yeah, and, and like just really let's let's push how on the nose her superpower is computer stuff because we're going to need that at the end of the season. Yeah, and and they all felt like uh, these little these caricatures, and and Will the cop, who was the most cliche character, seemed the most interesting at first. Mm-hmm. So, but then really as it goes on, it does they do start to deepen them, right? And you do start to appreciate the characters more. Yeah, and like, and this is the thing I liked about the show, is all the individual storylines were very different kinds of stories. You know, like the Korean story was like this sort of like Shakespearean uh, betrayal of the king, and and like this epic like uh, like um, kingdom story. You know, mm-hmm. uh, with like revenge and betrayal and all that kind of stuff. And then like the Indian woman was like this unrequited love story and Wolfgang was like this criminal like mastermind kind of story <laughs> like un- like uh, villains and stuff uh, and so like they and, and all of them just were like very different kinds of stories and Nomi and uh, Will their story was intertwined right away and that was kind of like to me that's like the story of the whole show yeah yeah it there there is a if two of these characters are more of a focus i would say nomi and will are probably the focus of the and and kind of wills like be beeline with riley and the love story there yeah yeah and it 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 definitely does extend but riley in in a lot of ways doesn't uh she she's not as as deep a character until later in the series definitely yeah definitely Oh, and then there's the the Van Dam storyline too, which is kind of Van Dam. That's so so funny. <laughs> so so overall, it's I I think that there are a lot of good parts in this this series, and occasionally the Wachowskis' inability to to get their head out of their butt, I think, and ends up getting them into weird places, but. I think yeah. that it's a worthwhile series. Yeah, it has that. It's a little heavy-handed with like the, like this is the meaning of it. If we could all just connect with each other through thought, you know, like that kind of like it's a little in your face thematically. But come on, man, you can't say it. Those, some parts weren't great. 
because some parts were great. Like when they break into to Free Riley. Yeah. Like that whole sequence of like the hacker chick is helping him do the thing and they break the car and Will gets in and he doesn't know how to find her. So the actor shows up and he acts his way through and then <laughs> using his acting superpower <laughs> to find out what room he's in. And then the Korean shows up to like beat the crap. Oh, and the, and the and then the uh, what's what's the what was the Indian girl's name? Kayla, Kala, Kala shows up and she like does the pharmaceutical thing to like wake her up. And like all of their powers are coming together in this escape scene. And when he's driving towards the helicopter and he's like, "You're not a monster," and he's like, "No, I'm not, but I know someone who is." And then Wolfgang shows up. It was great. Come on, that was great. Yeah, and and it's uh, similar to. The uh, when Van Dam need was on the freeway and he needed them to step in. Oh, so good! But when Van Dam was like had to fight those guys off, and the Korean chick shows up to do it for him. Yeah. Oh man, that's so awesome because he wants to be Jean Claude Van Dam, and she is Jean Claude Van Dam. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, while we're at it, some of the weird sex scenes. The the uh, the orgy in the pool. The orgy in the pool is particular what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, and like the while some of them are like working out and some of them are having sex and they all just kind of end up together. Yeah, and and so on, on on the one hand, that scene super uncomfortable in in that like I'm I'm watching it and I'm not I mean, I'm I'm not there, but it just like I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together what's actually happening at mm-hmm. the same time. Uh, very very cool cinematography, a lot of fun, and uh, such an obvious sort of concept. Like, yeah. of course, that's what happens. Like, of course, when you're in each other's heads, like that's what happens. Yeah. Oh, and then the other really cool sequence when Wolfgang uh, goes to kill the super boss, because that scene is just like so he, he big like action sequence, of course, which is lots of fun. And then the Indian girl saves him by making a bomb for him. And the whole his whole plan fell apart because the guy's wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> Who wears a bulletproof vest in real life? Like so funny. And the cop says, if I'm not mistaken, I heard the bullets. Yeah, that, I can yeah, I cop. can recognize the sound of a sound bullet of hitting Kevlar. <laughs> Kevlar. <laughs> and and see that's that's my biggest problem of the series where it's like they've got these cool superpowers and each of them has their own abilities or whatever and then they have these dumb lines that are yeah. just idiotic. Yeah. Where but then there's some of the moments so beautiful like when they're when she's singing when the the uh, Riley's listening to that song um oh what's the song? Uh, uh Teenage Wasteland. How's how's that go? Uh, I'm not going to sing on the podcast. I've made a, I've made a solemn <laughs> vow. But when she's like listening to it and she's like singing it and then like, no, I'm like, I've had this song stuck in my head and they all start singing it. And it's kind of like those moments or when she's watching her dad's play in the uh, symphony and they're all getting the, uh, and then they all have this vision of their birth. Yeah. And they're all sitting there watching and it's like this really nice kind of montage, beautiful sequence of all of them being born which again was pretty thick on the theme you know like like when the the, uh, when Lido's being born his family are watching a movie on television it's like come on seriously and when will's being born it's in the back of a police car it's like it's a little (laughs) and when nomi's being born her mom is put under and it's a c-section it's a c like a little on the nose there yeah (laughs) well and 
and and that's the thing like i think almost every episode had a a music video i guess that's what i would call them where where they have you know a three or four or five minute set piece that is really just a music video it in no way advances the plot it's just like oh yeah these characters are inside each other's heads and and this is what we're gonna do and and some of them were were really cool, and some of them were really heavy handed. I think that you're right to point that out. Yeah, a little more Matrix Reloaded, you know. Yeah, than Matrix. A little know. more Speed Racer. What? <laughs> they they did Speed Racer. Oh, I never watched Speed Racer. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, not as um, good as this. Cool. So, uh, do you want to talk about the characters a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about the characters. And like maybe what what uh, what was great about them, what they represented, or what the whole point of the character was. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I just before, while we kind of get into that is that this show very clearly is is transcending a lot of norms. In, yes. In in storytelling, but in the kinds of characters that we that we find acceptable, in the kinds of characters that uh, we we will follow. Yeah, like it, it, it it's uh I mean gender politics is a big big uh something they tackle. Yeah. The fact that Nomi is like a, a transgendered person and that uh the um Lido is a gay actor who has to like hide that he's gay and like so like they they deal with gender and sexuality a lot. They do. And I I think I mean I have actually read nothing about the show, but I think that that's in in some ways the the part of the show that I actually think for, for starters is, is most smoothly done, but is also um, is not as cool for me as the way that they delve into questions of race and identity. In, mm-hmm. like, I, I was particularly uh, impressed with how well they integrated the kinds of characters that we in Western storytelling don't regularly watch. Such as, such as well, so the um, the entire storyline uh, of I I I Kelly Kalif what's her name I don't Ka- Kayla Kala Kayla Kala? yeah her her entire storyline in in a lot of ways doesn't fit into the neat sort of bubble of of a of a, a Western action TV series like that that we're used to. Because it's know. like the the one where she's she, the wedding is happening and they want it to be as unreligious as possible. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and it her her character uh, is is relatively straightforward, but it, it, she's so interesting to watch in in the nuances of the cultures and the two worlds that she's living in, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the the complications around you know quote unquote marrying for love. Right, yeah, and and I I, I was just so impressed. Like even they, the, another one of the music videos is in her whatever her main episode is. They have a Bollywood dance sequence. And, yeah, well, they're at the theater watching it, right? Well, no, no, this is the one where the husband does the. <laughs> oh yeah, he totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the wedding, right before she like passes out. Yeah, yeah, and and it it's a lot of fun, and it it. I mean, I'm. I still. I'm not going to watch Bollywood. I just. I don't have any interest in it. But it. What. What it successfully did was pulled out pieces of uh, a particular culture and a particular cinematic culture and got me to invest in it for the sake of the television show, mm-hmm. which which they do with all of the characters. 
So we're not just living in one particular uh, narrative conception or one particular worldview. We're living in, I, I won't say eight, because there's probably not eight, but I'd say there's six of them are there, something like that. Sure. Yeah, because they do the, the sort of the Mexican film sets and yep. the sort of over-the-top violence and cheesy, like <laughs> incredibly cheesy lines and stuff like that. Which is why I don't buy Leto as an actor. Like, So I believe that he's an actor in those kinds of films, but I don't believe he's the kind of actor you need when you need to lie your way out of a particular situation. <laughs> like, Well, just because he, he he's not just like a one-trick pony. you know, He can do lots of different acting techniques. Indeed, they did have many scenes where he was talking with the director, trying to get his motivation because they wanted to show you how deep of an actor he was. Well, and when he's doing like the TV interview and she asks him about like how to be a good lover and he does this really emotional speech. Yes. And then he afterwards like, tell me you got that, right? Okay, we're done. Good. And then he gets up to leave. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Super fun. Super fun. I, I liked his character a lot by the end of it. Yeah. So, so I mean, well, to, to as our, our entrance into the characters, I just, the different ways that they play with identity. And then of course, beyond, beyond gender and, questions of race and culture they get into some some real interesting nuances within that so you know will's exploration of himself as a cop wolfgang's exploration of himself as a criminal and and all these sorts of different layers that they they raise identity questions at is is really thoughtful yeah totally yeah so um characters who is your uh who's your favorite character my favorite character. Mm, that's hard to say. I know. Because uh, I did really like Leto as a character, but I also liked Kafias, the Van Damme, um, as a character because he was just so fun. Bad but fun. I, yeah, so you know what? I think, uh, but then I also liked Wolfgang a lot. I don't know. They were, they, they were, I was all over the place throughout that show. That, that's actually a good mark of a, an ensemble cast. Yeah, I can tell you who some of my least favorite characters were. <laughs> Okay, but even then, like even the characters that I didn't care for too much, the this episodes where it was following their story, uh, I enjoyed just the same. Like the whole um, Wolfgang and uh, the Kayla, Kala, Kayla, the Indian woman and the German guy, their their love story kind of relationship. Yeah, I still did enjoy that kind of. I, I did enjoy those scenes. Well, that's good. Even though they were, you know, not the most exciting. So I don't know if I could tell you who my favorite character is, but the character I think we should talk about first is Gorski. Will Gorski. Yeah, because I think a lot of the show is revolves through his character's eyes. Yeah, he's the Peter Petrelli of this series. Yeah, because he's the he's he gets the case, and it's like the cop story of him trying to figure out about the murder, which is what started off the whole thing. Um, of the woman and he tracks it down and that leads him to find Nomi and try and save her, so, so to speak. Yeah, save then, the DJ, save the world. Yeah, and then he saves Riley and so on and so forth and it ends with him unconscious on a boat because he saw whispers. Yeah, which, I mean, they really have locked themselves into next season. There's going to be at least some small amount of time where Will is either not a sensate or is unconscious. Like one of those two are kind of the way they have to play it. I don't know. See, I think I thought they set it up for that next season would be him and Riley on the boat the whole time. 
And so, like, he can he can be conscious on the boat once they're out to sea far enough because then if Whispers is inside his head, he can't tell where he is because he's on a boat. Uh, uh, uh. And all he sees is that they're in the middle of the water. So he'll sit there talking to Whispers and it'll be him, Whispers, and Riley on this boat talking while Whispers tries to track down the rest of them. And it could be. I mean, I I think that he might just spend most of the the first few episodes just unconscious mm-hmm. while they figure out a way to uh, to wake him up without whispers seeing into his world. Yeah, I well, mean, they they, tried. yeah, they they've put an interesting uh, question on on what happens with Will next season. But but you're right. He's the he's the strongest through line after or before Nomi. Probably before Nomi even. Yeah, him, him, and Nomi are the two main characters. I would say that, that but, but as far as Gorski goes, I think his storyline is, I think, him as a character, is pretty boring. Because he is, the good guy. Yeah, well, and in a lot of ways, he he doesn't have to be interesting because we already get the character. Yeah, and so therefore they can spend the time using him instead of developing his character, just focusing on advancing the story. Yeah, yeah, because like he is like what he's like a cis, cisgendered, white male American. Like he's like (laughs) the world was made for him. Yeah. So his character is very uninteresting to us. So let's focus on just using him to tell the main narrative. Yeah, and by making him a police officer, even above all that, I mean we we fully understand his character. Like yeah. it's there, he he is he is the position of power. Uh, he he is the do, one of the dominant uh, characters in that, yeah, in that he's, regard. He's the the sort of North American story we're used to. Exactly. A cop who it goes above the law because he knows what is right and you know hangs up his badge and goes off book goes off the, like you know. Yeah, to solve the case on his own, and yeah, and he's haunted by this, you know, this case from his past. You know, great, it, we get it. That's all super, super easy shorthand, and and why that all works for me is, I I enjoy the actor. I think that he just he he is charismatic in the same way that whoever played Peter Petrelli was uh, Milo something. Sure. Well, uh, was was you know that kind of uh, yeah every like every He's person charisma yeah. yeah and then he you know he has a beeline love story with this girl that he ends up saving you know like it's the classic hero sort of story yep yep so the character himself not very interesting but uh it, 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 but incredibly useful in the in the show. Yeah, and he's the one that Naveen Andrews uh, primarily talks through. I think Naveen is the uh, the father. The, the fa- I like that you call him the father. Well, What's the character's name? Uh, Jonas. My name Jonas, is Jonas. Yeah, Jonas, the like mystical uh, guru that they meet. Yeah, who for some reason is there the whole time for them, which is okay, whatever, fine. Through Will, yeah, him and Will can connect because they saw each other or something like that. Yep. Or not, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, he has this guy in his head helping him solve the case. You know, like it's just classic storytelling there. Yeah. So that character, I think it's a good one to start with because it's not really that interesting. Yeah. As opposed to Nomi, which is the other character that is very interesting. So the thing about Nomi is that she she ends up being our... 
our our kind of alien introduction to the Western world. Is that the is that the way to put it? In that it's a it's a storyline that isn't I, I would say is is unconventional. I don't think that's a shocking way to put it. Un- she is a, a unconventional character. Is that what you? Is or, that what yeah, or her storyline is unconventional. Yeah, I guess it's it's I guess it's uh, I mean the storyline her that character is new to television. Yeah, but not new to the world. No, no, yeah. yeah I, so that, I think unconventional is is a fair fair word. Yeah, it, it it is not one of the conventional sorts of characters that we see on on television, and and so it 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 takes some getting used to kind of the nuances of what they're doing with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally she gets bogged down by some of the stupidest writing on the show. Yeah. Um, like having like I, one, one of the early scenes, I think second episode, I am, I am now a we um, is like, there's this long two or three minute piece that is her writing, reading her writing while the characters are doing things around her. Um, and it's this super on-the-nose, heavy-handed... And if that's how the Wachowskis write, I'm <laughs> just stupid. You're and, like, oh, Matrix Reloaded. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was just one of those terrible, terribly written scenes that is so frustrating because there's there are little mit- bits of beauty in it and 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 nuance and and the the entire discussion of pride and how that actually ends up relating to their their whole experience as sensates i thought was super interesting but just not not well written yeah poorly written a lot of the episode a lot of the show is poorly written yeah and actually this is one of the things when i'm going into the show this is me not following pop culture news very closely right and not realizing until like episode three when uh, Missy was watching it with me at the the intro of the show episode, and it said the Wachowskis, and she was like, "Oh, clever, the Wachowskis! That's what they did. They changed it from the Wachowski brothers to the Wachowskis." And I was like, "What do you mean? What's why is that interesting?" Uh, because one of them has been, is transitioning to a woman, right? And then I found that out, and I was like, "Oh my god, this show makes so much more sense now <laughs> as to why the character of Nomi exists in this show so much." Uh, because it's a very personal thing to them. Very much so. Very much so. And and not just Nomi. That's that's the the beautiful thing about it. Lots of the characters are exploring their own uh, identity in 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 these nuanced ways that you can see as coming out of the the Wachowskis either their own lives or their own experiences. And and that's why the Leto story I think ends is up also being, very interesting. Yeah. Well, it ends up being, I think, probably the strongest in in that it seems like it was very much rooted in something that they understood to an extreme degree. Yeah. Like, where, whereas the Nomi story feels like we're going to write a story about hackers. Yeah, or, or like a, a hero that we wish we had. You know, yeah. like a, a trans person who is capable and strong and like, you know a hero in a story, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and also I think it's the fact that she's a hacker and trans that I was like, Oh, that's totally like them putting themselves into the, the story. Cause well, they, I, they love hackers. I assume because they wrote the matrix. So I assume it's part of that. 
but but they they love this kind of on on the surface version of hackers almost like as opposed to something like uh, you haven't seen Mr. Robot yet, have you? No. Well, in Mr. Robot, it takes uh, takes a more realistic quote unquote stance on hacking than than this or even the Matrix, right? And and so so that's what I loved about the Leto actor storyline is that he's somebody who's embedded in a world where. Uh, there are particular gender norms, and there are consequences for stepping outside of those norms, and that felt like a a closer to their life experience than mm-hmm. the hacker. Sure, yeah, true. Where, where, like, I, I just and like, like yeah, because the Lido story is set in in Mexico City, so that it's like a much more religious city and a much more like yeah, very homophobic world. And North America still is, but we're getting better. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, and by North America, I mean, you know, Canada and the United States. Um, so it's like getting better, but it's still not great. So it is like giving us a more extreme version of what we already deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it felt like, which, which is why there was this really cool transition, I guess. Or no, let's still talk about Nomi. And what, what, do you have anything else you want to say about Nomi? Um, no, just that her character had so many layers to it and i think the thing I, I the one thing i disliked about the character is that she was turned into a victim for so much of the first part of the show and she was like trapped and caught and they had to save her and stuff like that um and i much preferred the character when she was kind of the strong hacker you know uh like uh the she was like q or uh or you know whatever whoever whoever's always at the computer like blades guy that's always in the van um <laughs> the oracle uh, from batman yeah like the the super capable like if it wasn't for her gorski would be screwed you know yeah and so i think the fact that she was a victim i didn't like as i didn't like her as much as a victim as i did as a uh as the the brains yeah i i think when they have her as an active character she's fantastic and when she's passive it is really just ugh, ugh. yeah it's, un- it's just unfortunate yeah it's not. A, she's not as strong a character. Yeah. So I liked it a lot better when, and then when what's his name shows up and he calls her Mike and everything, and it's like, it's cool. Oh, it kind of gives you an are idea. Are you talking the about the Bug X Machina? Yes, Bug X Machina. He shows up with all her computer gear. <laughs> just cause, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just because well, they and, didn't want to have to go rob a bank or something. And that scene in particular, where she sees somebody uh, who knew her as Mike and who isn't her mother or sister was probably the was one of the kind of just most straightforward versions of that that experience for me cuz the mother story is somewhat on the nose and i get that that's a real experience for for lots of trans people but from a storytelling perspective it's not it's not Exciting, particularly yeah. good yeah um whereas with bug he he is both attracted to the new the new person that he knows but at the same time he doesn't want to to be be uh, be a creep but can't get over kind of how cool it is for for him to know this person that he cared about a lot who also ends up being this beautiful woman and a, a lesbian to boot so as as a man he's just 
he he's excited by it and he gets caught up in in calling her Mike and at the same time gets caught up in kind of trying to play the romance because it's such a different experience for him. Yeah. And and they did that all with like what maybe 2 minutes total for this entire character. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I just I really enjoyed the nuance that was there in a character like Bug. Mhm. It did. Yeah. It did it did help show that character better than the mother story. Yeah, much better than the mother's story, who was but clearly just a plot story. But the relationship with the the girlfriend or the partner, Emma, Emma, Amanita, Amanita, Anamita, Amanita. Yeah, a unit. Amanita. I'm gonna need to write this down. <laughs> um, that relationship was beautiful as well, and gave a nice side to Nomi's character, and that it was like this um, love above and beyond. Uh, like gender or or sex it was just like they love each other yeah and and lot lots of careful nuance with with her character and i thought that that was great mm-hmm. it was good yeah so leto leto you thought so, leto was telling the more exciting uh gender story or not gender i guess uh sexuality uh not exciting but i thought that it was more carefully told mm-hmm in in that his entire all of his character um his layers of identity all come together to tell the story really well and his relationship with Alfonso and the girl what's the girl's name oh, what's her the, name the um uh and um so uh, many characters the, well and that yeah the, <laughs> uh the girlfriend the the girl that he's pretending he's in Daniela. a relationship with Daniela yes it, yeah. the, that His whole beard. Like, that, that whole like trio relationship uh and how she was helping keep their secret but she liked watching them and it was this like kind of like like uh threesome of of caring about each other kind of thing <laughs> um uh was great but his his relationship with Hernando especially was like i think the parts of the story that got me the most I guess emotional or like weepy eyed was in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean is that just everything was woven together so well so that all of the Lido scenes work fantastically. And, and that's what I loved about his storyline where, where there were always these different threads with him all coming together in, in every single scene that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And and it was really well acted by by him, by Hernando, by Daniela. I thought I thought that it was just uh probably uh probably all the the best writing comes out of that character. Yeah, yeah, which which is also great because it does have some of the most compassionate, like emotional, sad scenes or beautiful scenes, whatever teary eyed scenes. Yeah, but then it also has some of the most the, the funniest scenes and some of like the comic relief element comes from that character too <clears throat> like when he shows up in that last action sequence to act his way to find out what room she's in you know and he's like <laughs> just totally laying it on so thick but it's so funny to watch him do it yeah um and when he gets excited when when wolfgang blows up the car like he's so fun of a character but then he also has this really nice depth to him yeah, and and I think he's the one that brings up the the orgy to Will. Will, Will yeah, like, do I? Like, I know you. He's like, know yeah, you? we had yes, sex. Yes, we had sex. Uh, well, um, 
I don't know if we uh, did we uh, uh, <laughs> like shows that Will is that classic straight white man. And, and that's the thing they 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 play with Leto's character a lot. And so at some at, at times, you know, he is very clearly living this kind of this Latin soap opera life. But yeah. at the same time that we 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 as we get to know the character more and more, we understand that that's kind of an act he puts on. Mm-hmm. And and he he ends up with more nuance and is just so much fun to to see kind of the disconnect between the the hyper masculine action hero star that mm-hmm. he kind of feels that he is, but at the same time um, that he very much isn't in the world. Like he, he when yeah. he shows up to fight and save Daniela, he he definitely gets his ass handed to him at first because. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to fight, and and he needs Wolfgang to step in and save the day. Yeah, which is funny too, because I would never have thought of Leto as one of the better characters in the show originally when I started watching it, but by the end, totally loved him. Well, he he's a great example of the first episode being, I think, the, his his co star, the the nun character, comes into his his trailer to seduce him. And he says, no, I cannot. My heart is promised to another. And yeah. that's the whole depth of the character at that point. And you're just mm-hmm. like, great. Yeah. I don't care about this at all. Mm-hmm. But but he he, I was really in a lot of ways touched by his relationship with Hernando. And and I thought Daniela was, was a super fun sort of character where when she discovers that he's gay, she... She's very much into it, yeah. And and in some ways, that take was like she, she ends up being a voyeur to their relationship, mm. and then I guess the plot moves in a stupid direction because of that. But it uh, it was a lot of fun, and and it was also kind of a what I thought was a another interesting take on sexuality again. Right? She's not yeah. an active participant in their sex lives; they're not just having threesomes. Yeah. But it seems like they're pretty cool with having her watch. Yeah. Which yeah. ends up and being she... kind of this metaphor for us as the audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well said and totally true and and what makes that story some of the greatest stuff of the show. Yeah. As opposed to <laughs> Riley. Hey Riley. Where it feels like Riley's story was I don't know. Boring? How would you describe Riley's story? <laughs> um, the well, character of Riley. She was like, uh, at first we were all confused because we thought she was English. Um, and then we find out that she's from Iceland. And we're supposed to have been able to tell the difference from the accent. But I couldn't. Could you? Uh, I I couldn't at all. Yeah, we thought she was English and it turns out she's not English. I, I mean, I guess the hair yeah and it's just i guess it's weird because her story is kind of like it gets wrapped up so quick and then she goes to iceland and then like starts a new story because the original story of her was like these like drug dealers in london and she like stole their drugs or something her 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 boyfriend stole the drugs and she was there for it and and everyone dies except for the bad guy who comes back for Mm -hmm. half a scene yeah, and then like tries to like drown her or whatever, or suffocates her. Then Will shows up and saves her, and yeah. then she gets out of town and goes to Iceland. And then once she gets to Iceland, now she is, uh, for lack of a better word, the new Nomi, 
because Nomi is no longer the victim. So now she becomes kind of the victim. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. So they kind of play with the idea that she's a traumatized woman uh, er, early in the series, but they don't really tell us anything about her trauma. They're just like, no, she, her, her, her being a DJ and her drug use is all related to her trauma guys. We promise. And, and then we have this stupid story of, of the drug dealer stuff that is the dumbest story of the entire series. Yeah, unnecessary. Um, and then she goes back home and then we see her, the real story of her and her like, why did she leave Iceland? And what's the deal with this red phone and all this stuff? Um, and and then we find out not until like the very last episode about the unbelievable tragedy of like her boyfriend dying in a car crash while she was there on their way to the hospital and she gives birth and the baby dies and like, Oh my God, like, Oh, it was tragic. Like I was, I think I bawled during that scene uh, when you find out what actually happens. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes her much more interesting than she started off as. And I guess that's one of the big problems with an ensemble cast like this. When you have eight main characters and you have 12 episodes, each each character doesn't get an entire episode until later on, right? Yeah. And so it takes a long time for us to really get into who these characters are. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess Riley was just the last one we really got to. Yeah, and I think they saved it to the till the end for it to be a little more of a, a big reveal at the end where she has to drive the car out. And so it is like her overcoming her tragedy. But so they saved what it was and they hinted at it a bunch and they but they saved it till the end. But it was weird because she started out, the story was terrible, and then they ended that story, and then they started this new story, and she was just like, you know, she got caught and put in the hospital and was like, you know, freaking out or whatever. Um, and I just think, um, I don't know, I didn't I didn't think uh, her character was great. No, not that interesting, not that nuanced. Um, I mean, kind of cool concept, you know, an Icelandic DJ living in London. Oh, I guess, you know, like let's let's blend worlds in that way. But um, in some ways it also felt like, well, let's just make this the funky character. And yeah. and so I never really bought into it. But I did I did love her little mind date with Will. Yeah, when they like call each other and stuff. Yeah, it was just such sitting a little bit It was cute. cute yeah, I think, the, I think the love story between her and Will was like the part that makes you like that character. Yeah, I, like I believe that love story probably more than I believe the love story between uh, Wolfgang and uh, Kala. Yeah, yeah, and I think actually, yeah, the the reason her character you care about her at all is more because of that love story than because of the drug story. Yeah, Will cares about her, and we and Will is the audience, so we care about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's got the cute accent and beautiful blonde hair, and she's just super pretty. So you're like, you'd like her because Will likes her. Yeah, because we're we're vain human beings, and everything <laughs> exactly. is about beauty for us. Totally, totally. That's what the show taught me. That's what the show taught me. Everyone is beautiful. Well, that's the thing. Like so much of this show, beyond actually just talking about the superficial nature of the beautiful characters, is the show is gorgeous. Yes. Like the cinematography and how it's shot and the way that they will fluidly transition between who is embodying a particular character. Mm-hmm. All really well done, beautiful to watch. 
which makes me, the fact that I binge watched it on my iPad somewhat of a tragedy yeah. when I've got my beautiful TV and I could have watched <laughs> it on there. But yeah, the show is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, and actually, you know, one of the things, so, so the character opposite of Riley character that I thought was super boring, but then turned out to be super awesome was son. Yeah. That whole, the, the story of the Korean businesswoman slash boxer. Underground boxing ring champ. Yeah. Slash dog lover. Um, <laughs> slash, uh, taking the fall for the family and then being betrayed. Um, that character storyline ended up being really beautiful. The way the, the stages it kind of went through where she first gave up, like was like, she, she went to prison. And that's really yeah. where it's like, oh my goodness, this is not a story about like whatever it was about before about this business and this boxing thing. It's like, nope, she goes to prison and then she spends the time in prison meeting all the different women and the fight in the courtyard and the painting her dog because uh, the woman's like, I miss my family. And she's like, do you miss your family? I miss my dog. <laughs> so great. Yeah, she 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 was a lot of fun to to follow, and clearly the most super powery of all of them. Yeah, she's the fighter. Yeah, and they needed and so a fighter. In, well, and in some ways, putting her in in prison makes makes it easier for them in that regard. It's like, oh yeah, she can always be fighting. Like they can they can always just call upon her when they need her in that moment. <laughs> yeah, she's never doing anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, but then then the way the brother like kills the father and kind of betrays her and stuff, and she gets put in solitary confinement yeah uh and that is that that's one of those moments that i loved awesome was when van damme was fighting the uh the street gang yeah you know cut off the bitch's head um like that whole scene and she's in prison punching the wall and then he gets up in prison with her like he's trapped he doesn't know what to do and then she takes over and she called me bitch one more time and then cuts their hands off yeah such a fun scene. Um, but yeah, that character, I ended up really enjoying that character and really liking it. Yeah. And I, I think it was with her that I guess I first noticed it where there's this very strange disconnect between how beautiful all the scenes are and then how the violence, when it gets to be violent, can, gets, gets pretty fucking violent. It, Excuse my language. I did it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it It really does. And it, 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 I mean, it at times really took me out of it because even though I knew action sequences were coming up, I never expected it to be as violent as it was. Like it seemed out of place in what we were watching at hmm. times. Sure, yeah. Because like, yeah, that street scene when she cuts the hand off and like slices them all up is pretty violent. Yeah. And, uh, and awesome, but very violent. Well, and like, so here's the premise of the show. We're telling this beautiful story about these eight people who are connected around the world and their experience getting through their own lives and how these other people help them get through their own lives. That's a beautiful, touching story. And now we're going to have scenes where people just heads get shot off. And and, and then we're also going to have scenes where there's just so much nudity and sexiness that it's like <laughs> sex and violence all over the place in this beautiful story. Yeah, the 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 amount of of sex in the show that made me feel uncomfortable for what I was watching I was surprised I'm not, yeah unexpected I, I don't I I don't get that kind of uncomfortable very often but I was like man I don't 
I feel guilty about what I'm watching at times. Like I felt <laughs> yeah. like I, I felt like a voyeur at times, and yeah, and you're worried that oh, your partner's going to show up, <laughs> and you're like, what are you uh, watching? no, this is this is what uh, are you watching? That sensate oh, no. show. I promise. I it's promise a really that. sensitive show about emotion and identity. And like, yeah, I'm working right now. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's very strange. And, and I think the the best moment for that for me was the the moment where. I think it's during the the big orgy that happens in episode six or something like that. Yeah, where you're like, oh my gosh, I hope no one watches it, walks in while I'm watching. Yeah, and and the the kind of the the to cap it all off, Daniela is watching Lido and Hernando have sex, and she just starts masturbating, and she's like, yeah. okay, I'm I am now very <laughs> weirded out by this scene. I I was just going. I'm glad I'm watching this alone. <laughs> yeah because that's the kind of thing where it's like uh you know unlike like imagine if you're like a 15 year old kid watching sensate with your parents and that scene happens like what do you do what do you, do you leave the room like what do you do turn it do off you, mom dad can we watch frozen instead like what do you do do you, do you never ever talk about it <laughs> never do you talk just about sit it again? there in silence watching it with just your like, family like when i watched eyes wide shut with my dad uh, <laughs> just, 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 just don't talk about it. Don't acknowledge it. Just let it go. Let it happen. <laughs> Close your eyes and think of England. Yeah, exactly. Do do math in your head. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So the Korean woman story was much more. Was surprisingly, I, I found myself more and more as the show went on. I started liking her character a lot more, and then, and her sort of connection to Van Dam. Yeah. You know, because cause there was this strange, like, he wanted to be a fighter and she was the fighter that he always wanted to be. Or, like, that she was Van Damme and could do the things that he always watched. Which I just thought was such a funny Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hero of this character. Like, the Wachowskis put, made Jean-Claude Van Damme such a huge part of Sense8. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's just they must love him. And I was like, wow, they the Wachowskis must have must be about my age then, because I grew up watching John Claude Van Damme too. Yeah, okay. And he kind of was my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Claude well, Van Damme is my spirit animal. It's mm, a good T-shirt. The so just for the record, uh, they are not around the same age as you. How old are they? they? They're fifty. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, you know. Okay, well then they were watching John Clyde Van Damme when when they were in their prime, he was in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you're right the to point out the connection between Sun and Van Damme in that the the other beautiful thing is that he's taking care of her his sick mother and she lost her mother to illness and it mm-hmm. there there are these beautiful parallels between those two characters that they they actually don't explain as parallels directly. Like they're never like, "Oh, I want to be a fighter, and you are one," or you know, "Oh, well, you're you're you miss your mom, and I don't want to miss my mom." And like they don't they don't put it on the nose, but it's all yeah. there and and well done. Yeah, and that and that character of uh, of Van Damme was just so joyful, you know, and like such a fun character and fun story and he really did bring like this like i want to just say like like that there's that actor when he smiles you know and you just want to smile with him like he's just so happy well and 
and I think he was the only character not involved, or maybe oh no, Sun was uh, not involved in the orgy. And at the end of the yeah, orgy the, scene, he's on his bus watching a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie and, and very like, uncomfortable that he's aroused by it. And he kind of like moves a little weird. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sun wasn't involved hilarious. in the orgy either. And I don't think uh, Kala was either, the Indian girl. Oh. Uh, or yeah. Riley. Or Riley. So it was really only four of them. Okay. Riley was wasn't two, there? Yeah, no, it was the two that were having sex. So it was Nomi and... Uh, there were just and, a lot and, of limbs, Dave. And I, yeah, don't, Nomi I don't know how to Lido, distinguish them. Nomi and Lido. And then Wolfgang was like in the bathhouse. So he was in the orgy. And then... Um, what other character is there? And then Gorski, who was working out. So it was the yeah. four, of, four, four of those characters all kind of happening. And their lovers were kind of in there, too. There were a lot of limbs. There were a lot of limbs. Very confusing. But yeah, so his his character, the Van Damme character, and like how he does, he's just a good person. And he like takes care of this kid who's he's got to take for like cancer treatments and stuff for this uh, drug lord. No. Is it, what's he taking her there for? He's, he's just driving her around to protect her because if the the bad guys find out where this 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 girl is, then they will take her. Oh, I thought he was like taking to her hospital so she could go for like chemo or something. Oh. I miss. I must have. I must have missed something then, or just projected that onto it. Or he always I had to pick her up at the same time and like take her to the same place. Maybe I'm the one who's missing it. And it was like moving his daughter was was, was risky, so he needed a piece of crap van that no one would suspect. Oh, van van Dam. the van dam, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he ended up being this great little character too. Yeah, and he also had a superpower. He could drive. <laughs> yeah. Didn't come in handy in a traffic jam, but he could drive. Well, yeah. And then Will ended up driving. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Superpowers need more fleshing out. That's... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what characters haven't we talked about yet? Um, well, we haven't talked about uh, Kala and Wolfgang. I mean, we talked a little bit about Kala before. Well, let's just talk about Kala then. And then we're done. Kala and Wolfgang. Because Kala was... Um, again, a character that at first I didn't really like, but as it went on, I did start to like her a lot more, um, and, and appreciate that sort of the parallel between her and Wolfgang's story too is really neat that she was like living this almost fantasy life, you know, like she was marrying this rich man into like, she was going to become a princess essentially, you know, where he went marrying into this wealthy family and Wolfgang was like the opposite of that grew up in like the poorest, worst situation. It just kept getting worse for him. So I, I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed that. I think their relationship is what made me care about those characters a little, care about her character a little bit more. And I enjoyed the sort of religious debate that kind of happened within that story as well. And uh, again, with identity. Yeah. They, they, they didn't, play religion too strongly in this and if they'd really wanted to be on the nose they could have done something with will's character as well you know like make will uh, an irish catholic like that would have yeah, been the way sure. to go, go with it and and so instead they were pretty pretty subtle with how they they brought up religion well i mean it was directly brought up with the with the father of the the guy she was married yeah and and it does come to a head towards the end but like throughout most of the series, her experience of religion is somewhat removed from 
kind of the debates of the show. Yeah. It's not um, – there, there's not much beyond there where, you know, it, uh, she, she just goes to uh, temple and, and prays and, and is, is un, unsure of what's going on in her life at this point. And so religion kind of becomes a or, – or has always been kind of this key for her that she she uses to help her get through it. But yeah, and it gives some great moments where she can monologue. Which is that I that I think is the maybe number one reason why her character's religious. <laughs> yeah. Um but then they also made her a chemist to give her like a superpower because she needed a superpower of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and they they needed uh, a chemist. Yeah, she's a pharmacist particularly. <laughs> she makes drugs. <laughs> um and and uh, you, so you liked the story between her and Wolfgang, eh? I it did more and more as it went on, you know, uh, because it was kind of like the princess and the monster, you know, like she's perfect. She's living this perfect life that turns out to not be so perfect. And he's living this monstrous life and ter- that turns out to be incredibly noble. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I liked their storylines on their own and I just... I'm like, yeah. Why do they have to be in love with each oh, other? Oh, I guess I liked the yeah. I liked it because it was the the kind of like paralleling without obviously paralleling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did enjoy Wolfgang's story on its own more than her story. <laughs> well, I mean, Wolfgang, how can you not like this cool, you know, old school safe cracker, super smart criminal? Like that's he's the best criminal in the world. Yeah, who has daddy issues? Yeah, who killed his own father? Whoa! Like, hello, pretty badass. Um, but I, I also just loved, and this was another thing that made me think, like, wow, the Wachowskis must be my age, or maybe a little older than me, was because of the Conan the Barbarian reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Conan the Barbarian. Well, and that's the thing there. There are some funky pop culture references in there. Yeah, and just like when Wolfgang shows up in in uh, detention, and he meets Felix for the first time, uh, and that kind of flashback scene, you know, yeah, of like Wolfgang. Whose name is Wolfgang? All right, Wolfie. <laughs> like, what are you in for? That's a, such a funny scene. Welcome to my office. Um, but just that, that that relationship between Wolfgang and Felix and how, like, they are brothers, you know? And the sort of Conan the Barbarian, like, <laughs> they will not remember who won or lost, just that two stood against many. And, like, the building of their friendship was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so he's, he's another one of those characters that has a sidekick and, and, and needs that sidekick in a lot of ways for the, for the purposes of the, the story. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's Wolfgang's Hernando. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Nomi's Amanita. Uh, like the, the only characters, I guess, Will, actually Will has a sidekick. It's uh, it's Riley and Son who don't don't really. Yeah, Riley has her father, um, which which, but again, we don't see him until like the last half of her story. And then Son gets the prison women that she meets and talks with. You know, right? Yeah, that's what they were. So doing so they do end up with characters to to express what's happening too. But uh, but yeah, he has like he has Felix, his best friend, who justifies all of his crazy murdering that he does later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, is the thing I love is is when is the moment where he says where he shoots the bad guy in the face a whole bunch of times, and it's like super violent. Yep. You know when he's like, "Hey, I never told you how I, my father died," 
I killed him. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then he shoots him in the face until he's out of bullets. And then he looks at her and he's like, that's why you have to marry Raji. <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> and you're like, he is such a monster. But hey, everyone has that part of their personality. You know? Well, and, and I guess that for me is one of the things that I felt was a little bit missing from this show. Is the any sort of real conflict between the sensates? Where they all more or less buy into each other's personalities pretty quickly. Yeah. Like the 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 biggest leap is it seems to be between Kala and Wolfie, where are they gonna fall in love or not? Yeah. And everyone else just seems like, yeah, I accept you and your character one hundred percent and there is no conflict between our characters. Mm-hmm. And and on the one hand, like if they're they're sharing experiences and they know each other better than maybe they know themselves, that's understandable in yeah. sort of an, an empathy way. But from from a storytelling perspective, it's like so there's no internal conflict between between these eight characters. No. Oh, hey. OK. Hey, no matter what, their first breath they take together. That's that was those are the moments of the show that I kind of roll my eyes at when I'm like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why does their first breath, like breathing together, in different parts of the world, how does that have anything to do with why they're connected through this weird special new? No, they're ev- already. Ev- I think that's the point. They're already connected, even like before at their they're moment even of birth. born. Yeah. So like yeah. it's it's like fate, like destined for those eight people to be born in the exact same moment. Like yeah, sense eights begin at conception, Dave. But, but like I mean, like it's just this weird. Like it's you, you can't once you start thinking about it, it doesn't work. And then the moment where the where um Emma Emma Nita, I'm gonna need to write this down. Amanita's mom, quote unquote, yeah. is talking about evolution. Not mom, quote unquote. Definitely her mom is talking about evolution and stuff like that. And I'm uh, like, that's not how it works. That's, I don't think that's like, I don't know if this is evolution. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where they're, oh, there's, they have superpowers. Okay, well, let's explain those superpowers. Like Superman. Superman gets his power from the sun. Great. Yeah. Let's leave it as that. Super, super straightforward. Even though he gets his power from the sun raises so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They take their first breath together. Why? Why does that matter? Why do they have to take their first breath together? I can't. August 8th. Why are they all born on August 8th? Because it's poetic, Dave. I know. I know. It's Wachowski poetic, which is to say the Matrix reloaded. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think Wolfgang's character that has the reason I liked it so much is because it is this like, and I think this goes for all the characters, is by the end of of the 12 episodes, they have embraced their superpower, so to speak. Yeah. Like by the end of the 12 episodes, Wolfgang has embraced the fact that he is useful to this group because he's a monster. Yeah. And he will do the things nobody else will do and kill the people that need to be killed uh, and do the terrible thing and live with it. Like that's his superpower. And like, yeah. uh, and like Leto, I'm just, I'm the actor. That's what I do. <laughs> and when they're in that final escape... He's like, I'll do this. Don't worry about it. I'll act my way out of this. And he does it and like nails it. Um, (laughs) That line of like, especially such a beautiful, you have to work with really great people who happen to be very attractive. (laughs) So funny. And how like Sun is like 
all right, I'm just going to sit in prison and beat the shit out of whoever you need me to beat up. <laughs> like, like they just slowly, like, and Nomi and Emma, Emma Nita are just like sitting at computers hacking the whole time. And that's it. They're just like happy being hackers talking telepathically instead of using microphones, you know, and they slowly just embrace like, this is what my job is. And the nurse is like, I'm the chemist. I'll do the chemistry stuff. Don't worry. And they kind of like become their superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And Will is just, he's the guy on the ground. Yeah, they they really do have fun with that. And I mean... Oh, oh yeah. And and what's his name's the driver. Van Damme's the driver. (laughs) When they show up at the van, it's like, oh, there's no keys. It's like, don't worry. The Van Damme's been stolen lots of times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Nomi doesn't know how to drive conveniently so that he can step in and drive for her. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like at the end, it's like, these are our superpowers. So now season two... They can really take that somewhere, or not? Who knows what they they have planned? Because my could, guess, they... my guess, evil sensei. What do you mean? Like, uh, like the Bizarro sensei. Like we find another eight people group of eight people that Whispers is only one of, right? So Whispers, who the, who are his other? Who are the seven other people that he's connected to? I have to say, I don't even care. I know, but that's, I think, where they're, they're going to have to go there. So we're going to meet, like, Whispers' buddy, who he telepathically communicates with, who's also this incredibly evil person somewhere else in the world, and, like, has to call him in to help him find this eight because they're, they're, they've foiled him. You know, he's like, oh, no, they got the way. Quick, I need your help. It, and that, is and that he played by Leto? <laughs> no, I was trying to do a French accent. Uh, <laughs> and his name is Jean La- Jean-Luc. And John Luke uh, is like the specialist, and he can hunt anybody. And he comes to help Whispers. And John Luke's name is is Blinker Blinkers. It's Whispers so, and Blinkers. So you're saying the next season goes off the rails? Terrible? Is that yeah, what you're it saying? becomes terrible. Yeah, it goes Matrix Reloaded. And I'm just saying, I know the Wachowskis MO. Yeah, but yeah. So overall, <laughs> I think the characters are what made this show so interesting. I, I, I think that's right. I think that they, they end up developing them sufficiently throughout the series. And if you just stick it out through the first quarter of the third of the the series, you get some very cool stuff happening. You really like that last sequence when they escape from the hospital is so fun. You yep. know, it's like this is what I've been waiting for for this whole show. Is to well, yeah. see how they can use these eight people can use the thing that they're good at to work together to be a even better person. Right. Cause that's yeah. all will doing all of that, but they're all stepping in and doing it is what makes it so that, Oh wow. This is why this whole idea of, of eight people all connected as one make us better. Yeah. They finally give us the, the promise of the premise. Like they execute on it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, since we understood that they all had superpowers, we wanted that. We wanted to have them all working together. Kind of like the first scene at the beginning of the new Avengers movie, right? Where you see all of the Avengers just kicking butt. Yeah, and like Thor hits um, Captain America's shield with his hammer and that makes this big blast. It's yeah. like a combo move. Yeah, so you get to see their combo moves. Mm-hmm. My The the thing that, that gets me for, for what happens after this is I don't know if that's going to be super compelling again like 
Are they going to find a way to bring them all together and have them all use their superpowers again in this cool way? I, don't, I mean, yes, they are. But at the same time, they did it, you know? Like, yeah, they did it. How, the, the last, how do you do it again? The last sequence was so great that it's like, okay, so is it just going to be more of that, I guess? Yeah. Or are they going to have to do the stupid heroes thing? Ugh. Yeah. Where, like, they all lose their ability to connect or something. That is definitely what's happening next season. And then, like, because Will's on drugs, they all can't reach each other anymore. And then, like, and then they have to find each other. I'm going to say definitely that even – they can't keep Will asleep because that's a waste of that character. They're going to wake him up, but they're going to chemically find a way to numb his sensitive abilities. Mm, so he's not going to be able to communicate with anybody. Mm. Yeah, and maybe that affects how the rest of them are able to communicate. Who knows? Whatever. They haven't given us rules for this yet. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. But I, I'm almost guaranteed it's going to happen. I like my idea better. Your idea? Well, your idea is truer to the Wachowski's inability to continue a story. Where Will and and Riley and the old white man are just on the boat the whole time, and like, <laughs> and they're. And they're talking while the other sensei are trying to connect to overthrow this evil corporation. You know what? I would just watch the the series if it was just the three of them on a boat. That's it. <laughs> That's the next season. <laughs> it just follows those two, two characters on the boat and whispers. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And then season three, we find out what happened with everyone else. Yeah. That yeah. would be Be-, be pretty great. Beautiful shots of of the Icelandic oceans, mm-hmm. uh, Icelandic ocean. That's not a thing. The ocean <laughs> around Iceland, I you know. know. And, I think it's and, the Atlantic, but I could totally be wrong. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm not a geographer. <laughs> That's not my superpower. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, in review of Sensei, the show is beautiful. Looks amazing. Uh, the The shot on location that they did for all of the the scenes were just unbelievably it was it was a it was a spectacle to watch and a lot of the cool effects they did with people switching some of it was just done with real people just like moving out of the way while the camera was not there um was super impressive and really fun and the last four episodes or five episodes are great great to watch but you do have to sit through a little bit of crap you yeah. gotta sift you gotta sift through a lot of rock to find the nuggets of gold. Uh but now that it's done, I do suspect season two to be more gold and less rock. See, I I expect the other way. I I don't have high hopes for the the next season. And that might be just be tempering my expectations, but you know, in a lot of ways this feels like the Wachowski's version of heroes. And we all know how that ended up. Yeah, some people blame it on the writer's strike, but I don't think it was that great to be. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. Like, the show itself wasn't great, but it had a bunch of cool characters, and they just didn't know what to do with all these cool characters. Yeah. And and I guess here's here's the thing that doesn't give me much hope. I wrote it down. I'm sorry. This is all my fault. And then Jonas replies to Will, saying, Angelica didn't believe in fault. She said it was the present understood by people looking backward. We have to look forward. If we don't, we won't survive. <laughs> That's the stupidest. She didn't believe in fault. Like she didn't. So she didn't believe in responsibility. Like whatsoever. 
like the concept of responsibility, which is more or less the thing that allows the human being to exist in the world. She doesn't find, you know what, Wachowskis, you can have it. Your stupid character <laughs> doesn't believe in fault. No, it's fate, man. Ah, it's, like, it's, it's like the Matrix Revolution taught us. <laughs> Neo is the one, not just in the computer world, but in the real world. That there is no real world. How are we ending? What, what do we end with? I guess we're going to end it with your There's Only Neo line. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's a terrible line. Let's do another ending. Hold on. Okay. Here, this is the other ending. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Slide. <laughs>